0: Welcome to the Straight from the Source's Mouth podcast. Frank talk about sex and dating. Hello, everyone. Tamara here. Welcome to the show. Today's guest is Melinda Gerdung, and we're going to be talking about abusive or toxic relationships and how to leave them. If you like this episode, be sure to tell your friends about it and rate it as well. Thanks for joining me, Melinda.
1: Thanks for having me
0: this topic is very timely and uh, unfortunately much needed. So let's jump right into how you got started and why we want to talk about this. Yeah.
1: So I am a toxic relationship recovery coach and I became that because I spent seven years in an abusive marriage. And when I got out, I didn't really find a lot of support for what comes next. And so now I'm really passionate about Speaking out about abuse and helping others recover from the effects of abuse.
0: Okay. And then we talked about um, there are three, pretty much three main reasons why people stay in something like this. Obviously, you know, wisdom tells you just go, <laughs> but that's not as easy said than done. So, what are some of the top reasons people end up yeah. staying? Yeah.
1: So, I feel like that is a question that gets posed to abuse survivors um, all the time is, well, if it was so bad, why didn't you just leave? and i think when people ask that it comes from not really understanding what it entails to be in an abusive relationship because it's it's actually a very complex question and there are like yeah there are multiple reasons why someone wouldn't be able to just go and some of those are financial and economic factors that that come into play especially if someone has kids People who hold more power in society have an easier time of leaving, right? Someone who has a job can leave easier than someone who hasn't worked for 20 years. Someone without kids has an easier time leaving than someone with kids. And sometimes, even if someone is working, they don't have access to their money, right? Financial abuse can be part of the abuse that someone is experiencing. And so, even if they Are making money, they might not have access to it. Um, Do they have a car? Can they drive? Like, do they have a support system that they can go to? Do they have somewhere to stay? All of these um, kind of factor in, and a tricky part can be that isolation can be part of the abuse. So you might've had a really solid support system going into the relationship, but now as you're looking to leave it, that might've kind of been dwindled away. So there's all these very real logistical complications that people are having to face when
0: contemplating leaving. Yeah, and I know obviously some of the emotional stuff too, like I have a friend that just, she's like drawn or like she just, it's really hard to just get over the emotional side of it for her and him. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: I I think one of the less talked about reasons is that it's really painful to give up the fantasy, right? There's probably some part of of people that dreams of just having a normal relationship and a normal family where everything is good. And part of the tricky part of abuse is it's not usually like 24/7 abuse. It usually comes in cycles. And one of those cycles is the good part, right? It's the part where he's behaving really great and treating you really well. And it's like a glimpse of the early days or of how you wish things could be. But that phase never lasts. And then it's followed by the abuse part of the cycle. Um, And just kind of goes back and forth like that. Good part, abuse part, good part, abuse part. But those good cycles, like, dangle the fantasy in front of you and can make it seem like maybe it's a possibility that it could stay that way or that if you just do things a little bit different then it would be like that all the time and it kind of fucks with your head a little bit and in order to leave you have to be able to give that fantasy up and there's a very real and powerful grief that comes from giving it up and People uh, humans hate grief. we do so much to avoid feeling the things we don't like, but in order to get to the place where you are ready to leave, you have to come to terms with yes, it is a fantasy and it is never going to get better because those relationships they they never do get better, but until you're ready to accept
0: that you don't you don't leave, yeah. Yeah. And if, and if they do, it's still like very, very, very hard. So I know that's like, kind of like what we we're going to talk about how to, was it how to leave or what happens after you do end up?
1: Yeah. Or you do like I did and you leave and then you go back, which is actually really, really common. It it took me
0: two attempts to actually yeah. like make it
1: out. So.
0: Yeah. And then you said, um, so once once someone can finally pull away after going back a few times and finally it gets so bad that they leave, and then you say there's some difficulty just dealing with the after effects. And can you say more about that?
1: The other thing I feel like people have to confront when they're leaving, and this will kind of lead into lead into everything is they have to consider their safety, right. In normal relationships, you, Right, You can just leave, but in an abusive relationship, it doesn't really work that way. You have to kind of be able to confront your own mortality. So I remember packing shit into my car and just being absolutely terrified that he would come home while I was doing that. Because I knew I had to be out of there before he got home or I would not be leaving. But I had decided that I wanted out and out was out. And whether that was leaving on my own two feet or in a body bag, I didn't care. Out was out. But that's a really hard place to come yeah. to. And that's something that anyone who leaves an abu- abusive relationship has to, has to
0: confront. Yeah. I mean, I guess it gets so bad that you're like over it. <laughs> like, like you said, you yeah. take it one way or the other. That yeah. it's just, yeah, and then of course there's physical and emotional abuse. Or do you kind of lump them together? or they, are they go hand in hand generally? Um,
1: f- whether it's physical or emotional, like uh, to me, abuse is abuse. Um, I don't really, I don't really think one is worse than the other. I do think they do kind of go together. But a lot of people that experience emotional abuse might not um, experience physical abuse. And that was one of the things that I struggled with is that mine was mostly emotional. And so I remember kind of wishing that he would just hit me so I could just have an excuse to leave because I felt like I just needed a reason, even though I had all these reasons. But that that's the way that sometimes we get like... Yeah. Physical abuse is worse than emotional abuse. It's it's not true, but that's that's how I thought of it back then. And so I don't really, I don't really want to make a differenti- differentiation between those yeah. two because they're both abuse at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I don't know. It's kind of, to me. It's kind of like PTSD, where it's emotional is harder to see it, obviously. But you know, and and that people might not see the effects as much as physical abuse. So they can help. They may even be more inclined to help you if it's physical or more physical, we can see the impact sure, on sure. someone. Yeah. All right. And then, so what, don't I get back to the, um, what happens after, like you said, there, you can, there's times you struggle with that as well.
1: Oh, for sure. Like the, and this is primarily what, what I help people with because after I left that relationship, I thought that I would just be happy again. And that is not what happened at all. Like, I felt safer, for sure. Like, I did have the sense that whatever happened to me now, I was at least better off because I wasn't living in fear. So I did feel a return of peace that was um, immediate. But I was not happy. I had no self-esteem. And I wouldn't say that I had great self-esteem before the marriage, but the marriage decimated the little that I did have. I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust other people. I was crying at random intervals throughout the day. I had so much anxiety and sometimes was even having panic attacks and like physical symptoms as well, like ringing in the ears, heartburn, insomnia. And I think that sometimes what happens is when you're in the relationship And you're on edge all the time. You're like that walking on eggshells, hypervigilant. Like your system is just constantly being pumped full of adrenaline so that you're on this high alert all the time. So when I stopped needing to be on full alert all the time, like when the adrenaline went away, suddenly I could feel all of the things that the adrenaline had kind of been hiding. Like, the adrenaline was sort of acting like a pain number. And when it went away, I was like, oh, shit. Like, the bill came due. And so while there are resources to help people leave the relationship, I felt like I didn't really find so many resources for what comes next. Like, I tried the counseling service that came with my employment. And this dude just, like, talked about himself the whole time. And he was like, oh, yeah, you're fine because I was holding a job. But meanwhile, I was also like crying throughout the day and having random panic attacks. Like, no, I'm not fine. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm not dissing therapy here. Like, I've had, I've had um, great therapists. I've been tremendously helped through therapy after I found a better one. I'm just saying it's it's really hard to find the adequate support uh, for what yeah. comes next. Or at least that was my that was my experience. And what came next was really overwhelming too. And I remember just being obsessed with the question, does it get better? Like, I just really wanted someone to tell me that it would get better. Um, And now I can say that, yes, for certain, it does get better. And this is kind of what I have built my six-week program around is in helping people get to the better and navigate the aftermath of those traumatic relationships, right? Building that trust back up with yourself, building the self-esteem, like, letting go of some of the, the grief and the anxiety that, that happens.
0: Okay. Well, since you brought up your program, do you want to talk about how do people can get a hold of you? And then we'll kind of do, well, later we'll talk about what people can do right now that are struggling.
1: Yeah. So my, my, they can find me at my website, melindagurdongcoaching.com. I also hang out on Instagram, melindagurdong underscore life underscore coaching. So those are, those are the two ways to find me and find ways to play.
0: Okay. And then did you want to talk about your program or, or they can find it on the website, I guess, or you can share Yeah, it they can find yeah. it
1: on the website. Feel free. Like people can reach out to me on it at any time. Like send me a, a message on Instagram. I'm happy to meet with people and talk more about it
0: and see how it would fit in for them. Okay. And then you said for people struggling now, like what they can do, like if someone's in the, in the middle of it, throws of it, yeah. what, how, either how you did it or how, how you know. Yeah. So
1: if you're like in it right now and just need like a little relief, um, I think what happens a lot of the time after, after you leave an abusive relationship, you end up still being in a abusive relationship. Just this time it's an abusive relationship with yourself. Abuse survivors tend to be incredibly cruel to themselves and say things to themselves that they would never say to another person. And so I would say to start the process of healing is to start repairing that relationship with yourself, right? And it's okay to start small, like start by giving yourself recognition for doing something that's incredibly hard. Leaving an abusive relationship is so hard. And recognizing yourself for the level of badassery it took you is is a really good start. And you can do things like look yourself in the eyes in the mirror and say, hey, I'm really glad you made it. You were really brave and just making the commitment to try to be nicer to yourself, right? You don't go from self-hate to self-love overnight, but it starts with commitment to making that effort to notice when you're being a dick to yourself and then apologizing to yourself and starting over with how you know is the appropriate way to speak to a human being. Right? I have people people will tell me like I don't know how to be nice to myself. I'm like, well, you do. That's not true because if you didn't know how to be nice to people, you would be a jerk to everyone. So it's like treat yourself as a person. <laughs> um and that's yeah. where I would have people start is just trying to be like 1% less of a dick to yourself. And when you mess up and treat yourself badly, you will have another opportunity to treat yourself with kindness when you've made a mistake. Like that commitment, just being 1% less mean will feel better.
0: Yeah, yeah I can see that. Are there any other things or where that's, that's pretty much like how to get out of one too? Is there one that? Like if you're in in an actual relationship still, I guess you kind of, you described it earlier.
1: Well, if you're in an actual, if you're in an actual abusive relationship right now, um, I feel like we talked a lot about like what's so hard about leaving. And I do want to make it very clear that in no way am I saying that it's impossible. Or if you don't have all of these privileges that you can't leave, like, I believe that everyone can leave. Um, It's definitely harder for some people, yes. Um, But I believe that even like the shittiest life outside of an abusive relationship is still better than the life of being inside one. Like the life inside one can never get better. It only ever gets worse. But outside the financial and economic, hardships that might be present those can get better like those things can be improved they can be changed um, inside you don't really have a chance of a better life but outside you at least have that chance and I think that chance is always worth taking and people are so much more powerful than they think they are and I know people can improve their lives even if it is hard and I know even the hard things get easier when you don't have someone shitting on you all the time and there are resources yeah. available for people should they need them right you can start making a plan i think it's really when making the plan is really important so that you can account for all these factors and for your safety and you can start gathering resources and you can start reaching out for help and finding that support system i like um, the hotline.org is really good for like getting help and resources for leaving and I personally love um, Redrover.org's DV. Um, relief program because they provide pet-friendly resources for leaving, and that was one of my big concerns when leaving. Like I would not have left without my dogs, so I really, really like that they ta- they have options for people who are um, have animals, because that that's part of um, abuses your animals get threatened too. Like most people aren't going to just leave their animals behind either. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Are there any books or I know you mentioned this, a couple of websites. Are there any books that you read that helped you or, or even movies that you related to just some kind of something that, you know, was put you over the edge or helped you? get out or
1: i wouldn't point to like a single a single book or movie i know that i did go through a phase of like gathering my strength and i read a lot of a lot of different books um i probably could not list them all now there were so many um i do remember malcolm gladwell's um david and goliath which is not about abusive relationships Mm at all but it was about how it was about like how underdogs can win and for some reason that was like really um inspiring for me and so i yeah yeah i have oh go ahead
0: yeah i recommend i rec i recommend a lot of books on my podcast so what's coming up for me is the one soul is It's basically, it's kind of like recovery and like how basically reestablishing your self-esteem. So I think it kind of can fit in here just to like learn to love yourself, like you said. And I read a lot of autobiographies. I found those really helpful. Like Pamela Anderson, for example, super smart. She has, you know, whatever reputation she has, but it was a lot of people have suffered the same kind of abuses and different things. So hearing their story and how they got out of it, I've always found helpful as well. So just for those listeners out there that like to read, um, if you haven't, I would check out some autobiographies and see if you can relate to some of them about this topic. But For sure. Anything else that we need to cover um, to just to get the, highlight i guess like i guess for me the emotional how did you unattach emotionally to get out like was there something you had to was it i guess it was just like you said it just got so bad that you wanted to get out but is there a way to like detangle the emotions of it
1: yeah like i talked about it's it's coming to terms with that that it is a fantasy that you're kind of holding on to like the actual relationship when you start to tell yourself the truth the actual relationship is terrible Um, What you're actually holding on to is a fantasy of how you wish it could be. And so once I started like telling myself the truth and like letting go of that fantasy, that's what allows you to disengage emotionally where you're like, this isn't, this isn't good. This isn't, it's not real. Like what I'm wanting or craving
0: isn't here yeah. did you have to remind yourself of that or every time something happened would that be like another like check mark like oh yep it's it's not a fantasy that I want like was there like did you take notes or I like, did, did write use? myself
1: notes in like I had in my I had a I can't remember the name of the app I didn't want to use notes like I wanted one that I could lock like password lock because I didn't have privacy yeah. like there wasn't <laughs> if it wasn't yeah. locked down I wasn't So I did, I wrote myself notes of like what happened because sometimes it was like your brain will like try to forget what happened. Um, And I think that's like a, a survival or protection mechanism that it naturally has is to like try to start forgetting right away the bad things. So I would write it down so I could go back and say, look, look, you're not crazy. This happened to you. And this is bad. And so just like starting to document. So you have that for yourself is helpful.
0: Yeah. And I, and I, from movies I've seen, they see that it gets worse and worse. Like the, the negative gets to be more of the negative and less of the positive. Like in the beginning, there's probably a little bit of abuse over a 24 hour period, but by the end it's pretty much constant or, or at least it,
1: it escalates for sure. Like no one, it doesn't start out like this, horrible abuse because you probably at that point you probably would just leave it starts out really small and small enough where like you might rationalize to yourself rationalize it away and then but in the meantime it's still like knocking your self-esteem so by the time it's escalated to the point where you're like whoa this is really bad like your self-esteem is shot like I did not believe in my ability to survive like even after i'm leaving i'm like i might not make it i don't think i can survive on my own like i did not even think i was like capable or competent enough
0: to like make it true so what are some like red flags or signals like you said the um it starts out slow so i know controlling is one controlling thing Controlling like, is
1: a big yeah. one um yeah like the The little negative things, like, I remember he just, he didn't like any of my friends. And mm. he didn't always have a, like, a, couldn't always articulate a reason. Um, just, I don't like them, right? And it was kind of like, so I was like, okay, but if I hung out with him, he would get sulky and pouty. And so it became kind of easier in my life to, like, hang out with them less and so that's kind of what happens like it's just like oh he just doesn't like them maybe we could maybe there's friends we could have that he would like but he didn't like anyone and then and I didn't even realize that till I'm looking back after I'm like oh he didn't like anyone like ever (laughs) there was no one that was okay to hang out with. Yeah. yeah
0: Yeah, because he wanted you to himself and he wanted to control your situation. Like you said, isolate as well. Isolate, yeah. yeah. Any other, just like the early the early warning signs, like anything else besides not liking friends and controlling any, or is that pretty much? That's, I feel like that's how it, that's starts, how
1: it starts. They don't like your friends. There's like little controlling things, like they'll pick on your outfit. Like you, you shouldn't wear that. That doesn't look good on you or whatever. But, you know, that's not, that's not okay for anyone to like, for your partner to be like, don't wear that. Um, But you like, if my self-esteem wasn't like high enough at that point. So when he said that, like, don't wear that, that looks bad on you. Like, I was just like, oh, like, oh, thank God someone told me Um, instead of like realizing, Hey, that's not cool. Like, (laughs) you know, just you and yeah. I find that... Yeah, I mean, because this is a dating podcast, so... Oh, yeah, for sure. No, red flags. It's hard to, like, come up with a comprehensive list because there's so, like, many variations you could find. But what I will say is that your body knows. Yeah. Like, you will feel it inside when something's not right. Like, there will be a little twinge, and if you pay attention to that, like, that's really... That's your body's your North star, like you'll feel it and just honoring that feeling and trusting that. Yeah, I, I am. Something's wrong. I'm feeling that something's wrong.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people definitely ignore that. <laughs> they just want it. They want the fantasy, you know, and of course I'm sure they're super charming and charismatic in the beginning, oh, yeah. which is why you don't even consider that they're going to turn into that until they have you and they've knocked on your self-esteem and then they start, like you said. So, Yeah too good to be true, potentially could go that way. But yeah, that's good. Very good advice to feel it and believe it when you feel it. Trust it. Yeah. Yeah. And was it like, did you feel in a certain spot in your body or you just kind of like, like when something would happen, it would like twinge, like you said, you would feel it in the moment of something. Yeah. It's
1: like a a twinge. So I tend to feel it like mid chest, stomach area. That's where I feel it. Um, But that's the feeling is just like a, kind of like I a, just a, mm, a twinge of something yeah. where it's like discomfort like you
0: know yeah yeah and I, I've, I've actually just talked about this the other day with someone so it's very fitting and I use that exact word tw- twinge too it's just yeah. like a little inkling or something just like you know like it's just like a second thought in your head or something yeah but those of it, if you've felt it, you probably know what it is. And a lot of times you ignore it. So many times, I feel like we're kind of we're interface. kind
1: of socialized to ignore it. Like, be nice, right? Don't. <laughs> if we listen to those yeah. feelings all the time, you know, we might not be as
0: nice. <laughs> yeah, we have less people to talk to. True. Yeah. All right. Well, we're getting to the wrap up stage. Is there anything you want to say that we didn't cover, or just kind of like a parting? Parting shop final sure we... gift
1: um, for listening to those twinges yeah. is the book, the gift of fear by Gavin DeBecker. Very good for like hmm. learning to listen to your, your body's intuition.
0: Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I haven't heard of that one. I sounds like a good one for sure. All right. Anything else you want to say before no. we end the episode? No. All right. Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay. Um, yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. And hopefully if you got something out of this, especially if you're in one of those kinds of relationships and you want out, um, it may be difficult, but there's definitely good on the, good on, good after. <laughs> so I would assume that's good. And then if you want to re- work with um, Melinda at all, she gave you her Instagram and her website. So if you want to give those out again real quick or. Yeah. My, my website's
1: dot and my Instagram is at Melinda Gerdong underscore Life underscore Coaching.
0: All right, and on that note, thank you very much. Uh, we'll end it there. And if you love this episode, be sure to tell your friends about it, especially if they're struggling with this kind of issue, and um, rate the ep- episode as well. Thank you very, thank you very much, Melinda, and thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. Frank talk, Frank talk, sex and dating educates.